Welcome to the awesome pod mix. You are listening to Abby. The idea behind this podcast was to talk about how certain movies and TV shows made me feel when I watched them for the very first time. A reputed filmmaker once said, "When a piece of art invokes a similar feeling amidst a large audience, it's the triumph of the filmmaker." That's the magic of cinema. I love the magic of cinema. Today, I'll be talking about the 5th episode of the TV show Shrinking. The show is created by Bill Lawrence, Jason Segel, and Brett Goldstein. This episode's title is Woof, written by Bill Postley and directed by James Ponsult. The episode opens with Derek as he steps out of his house complaining he barely slept because Liz snored like crazy. Liz dismisses it saying, "That's impossible. I don't snore." Derek and Jim greet each other as Jim crosses him in the driveway to meet Liz. Derek says, "My wife has no faults." Jim responds, "Happy for you, man." Liz inquires what brings Jim to her in the morning. Jim accepts that Liz and Gabby were right about Alice crushing on Sean. Liz can't contain her excitement. She rushes back into the house to get Gabby and both of them laugh in Jim's face. Jim fake laughs and reminds Gabby that she's going to be late to pick up Paul for work. Jim hopes Paul woof said Gabby. When Gabby reacts, "Oh fuck, no." Jim puts his hands on his face, the same reaction from Home Alone. Liz assures Jim that if he trusts Sean, he doesn't need to sweat this crush thing. Outside Gabby's house, Paul is on the phone with his daughter discussing what gift he should give his grandson. Paul is upset that Gabby is late. Meg wants to know why Paul's co-worker is driving him to work. Paul lies saying that his car is in the shop. Right on cue, Gabby arrives and apologizes for being late. She needs a little more time for a quick shower and a change of clothes and some green juice. Paul Wolf said Gabby just as Jim predicted. Wolf is also the episode's title. The title sequence begins. At home, Alice looks at Sean's new license photo. Of course she finds it cute. She insists that Jim say the same. Jim takes it a little too far and makes it weird. Sean receives a text from his dad to meet up. Sean is avoiding him. Jim is in a dysfunctional relationship with Paul. He suggests that it's no use for either of them to be resentful. They need to grab these relationships by the balls. Jason demonstrates it and he's so committed to doing these bits. Both Sean and Alice call it weird. At the office, Gabby is in a session with a couple, Mark and Donna. Donna is fighting about her husband Mark's dream cheating. Dream cheating is totally a thing. I feel so guilty when I dream cheat. Don't even get me started. Gabby suggests that instead of pointing fingers and one-upping each other, they need to share their insecurities and process them together. Donna checks if Gabby follows the same process in her marriage. Gabby responds, "You betcha." In Paul's cabin, Gabby is upset with herself for saying the words "you betcha." She asks, "Who even says you betcha?" Paul says, "Reba McIntyre. She's a yesteryear actor who holds the title of the Queen of Country." Gabby actually wanted to say, "Marriage is a big aspect of misery, and that's why I got divorced because it slowly sucks away your soul until you wake up one day and don't even recognize yourself in the mirror anymore." Gabby wants Paul to cheer her up. Paul says, "Marriage is an institution that was created back when people died young. It was built on land ownership and procreation." Paul even makes the inappropriate gesture for procreation, and Gabby reacts disgusted. Paul continues, "These days, it's mainly to subjugate women and sell air fryers." 
Thank you for your insights, Paul. Paul sucks at pep talks and Gabby's glad he's Jim's mentor and not hers. Outside of Paul's cabin, Jim is texting Grace to revert. He contemplates whether he should go and confront Paul, but he walks the other way. Paul and Gabby's conversation is interrupted by someone. It's Jim. I was so not expecting that. Jim accepts that he needs help. Jim is aware that Paul thinks Jim has made some bad choices. He requests Paul if they can just move forward, but Paul isn't interested, so he buzzes at Jim. Jim isn't a fan of the buzzer. He says, I used to think I knew how you felt about me. I guess I was wrong. And that's okay, because I don't need your advice. And I don't need your validation. So how about, henceforth, going forward, you and I just don't talk at all? Jim gestures to zip his mouth, toss over the keys to Gabby, leave Paul's cabin and mouth by Paul. I just love the way Jason Siegel acts. At Brian's home, he's trying out a new bow tie and he's worried instead of looking cute, he looks like the character Smithers from The Simpsons. Brian, buddy, at the moment you do look like him. Charlie, Brian's partner, doesn't even glance at Brian and says he looks cute. I don't know, I can't trust Charlie's opinion at the moment. I love Brian, but I don't know if the bow tie is suiting him. Of course, Brian complains that Charlie didn't even glance. At Jim's office kitchen, Brian marches in saying he's got important news. He says things like, sorry, not sorry, and how he can say anything because he has the ability to pull it off with an undercurrent of irony, so you know he's in on the joke. Gabby responds, la la la, is this your fucking podcast? Speed it up. Yes, Gabby, it is my podcast. Brian didn't say that. I'm saying it. Come to think of it, Brian should totally have a podcast titled Everything Goes My Way. And I should have Michael Yuri as a guest on my podcast. Brian reveals he's about to propose to Charlie. Jim and Gabby are anything but excited. Because he said it a million times before and it hasn't happened yet. It feels like, Gabby says, little itty bitty baby bitch bullshit. I'm totally gonna use this in my daily conversations. Brian reacts saying, you're a monster. Jim says, sorry, not sorry. Of course, Jim nailed it. Brian says, I'm buying the ring and rubbing it in your fucking faces. Don't do it to just show them. At the park, Sean meets his dad and his younger brother. Sean's mom got his medals framed for him and Sean's dad brings it for him. This triggers Sean. It's pretty evident from his reaction. I could sense it, but Sean's dad could not. Sean's very uncomfortable and wants to escape the situation. He tells his father he needs to go. Sean texts Alice to check if she would accompany him for a walk. Alice has her English class, but she skips it for Sean. At the store, Brian checks the ring he's already decided he would buy to propose to Charlie. It's perfect. Keith, the store manager, asks, So, do you want it? Brian, shaking his head in agreement, responds, I do not. Brian is me at the Apple store trying to purchase an iPhone, or any other Apple product for that matter. I need it, I want it, but there's just too much anxiety. I ask a ton of questions just to ensure that the transition from the previous iPhone to the new iPhone will be smooth. And then at the last moment, I chicken out. It's the same routine with any other Apple product that I want to buy. I know which one to buy because I've done my research and made up my mind. I just need some support to go through with the purchase. Oh, I can do a million things independently, all by myself. And this is where I get stuck. Why?
At Paul's cabin, Paul is in a session with his patient Reggie suffering from crippling anxiety. Paul, would you like to take me on as a patient? I have crippling anxiety as well. Paul casually walks into Gabby's cabin and discusses about his patient Reggie. Gabby deduces that Paul is only here because he pushed Jim away and now he's missing him. She's been waiting for Paul's validation in hearing those words, I value your professional opinion. But she doesn't want to be anyone's sloppy seconds. You go girl! Even I wouldn't want to be anyone's sloppy seconds. Gabby very respectfully and assertively shows him the door. She almost melts and asks which patient when Paul says, he likes her scrunchies, he just doesn't understand them. Great scene, no one behaves like kids and there's no unnecessary drama. Jim's patient Grace is waiting for her client to show them the house. Just then, Jim shows up. He pretended to be Kevin Lactate. Jim practically begs Grace to take him back as his therapist. Jim receives a text from school about Alice skipping English class. Grace is of no help. She scares Jim by saying she always skipped class to have sex with Donnie. Not her current husband, but another Donnie. Jim rushes to leave. On their walk toward the water tower, Sean discusses about his situation with his father. Alice agrees that dads are crazy. I do too. The song Me by the 1975 plays in the background. Sean spots the South Pasadena water tower and instantly wants to climb it. As Sean climbs the water tower, Alice gets worried and wants him to be careful. Sean watches the view of Pasadena from above the water tower and finds it calming. He wants to climb even higher. Alice arrives home and Jim confronts her about skipping class. He calls a young lady and Alice doesn't like it. Alice reminds Jim that he has no right to question her because a month ago she cleaned his cocaine off a picture of her memo. Alice reveals that Sean's meeting with his dad set him off and she's worried about him, which is the reason why she skipped her English class. Liz, Gabby and Brian are hiking together. Liz doesn't like it because she can't make them stop to look for rocks. Liz inquires if Brian bought the ring. Brian conveniently tries to avoid the subject. He also lies blatantly when pressed about it. Liz and Gabby start to clap and say, show us the ring. Gabby has two theories. Either Charlie is not the right guy for Brian or there's some trauma-informed avoidance. This is definitely there. Brian doesn't want marriage advice from Gabby. He apologizes and runs away. At Jim's house, Sean is in the jacuzzi. He's clearly sad. Jim asks Sean about the water tower. Sean blames Jim for pushing him to go see his dad. Sean not just wants to fire Jim for being his therapist, but he also doesn't want to live in the house anymore. That was brutal. At the park, Alice is pacing in front of the bench and Paul is seated sporting his white fedora. Alice discusses Sean's issue and how he's hurting. Paul wants Alice to stop pacing and sit and be mad. Alice reveals that Jim tried to help but Sean is still leaving. Alice is not angry with Jim, she's angry with Paul because he's not helping Jim solve Sean's issue. And this is pissing Alice off. Alice even mentions that she was ready to move forward and not worry about her dad because he had Paul. Way to disappoint a little girl, Paul. Alice in all her anger says, that hat is ridiculous. Alice, honey, sweetie, baby, I'm with you on everything. But you don't say, Indy's hat is ridiculous. No, 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 no. Hell no. 
I know this one is white and not brown and not exactly like Indy's hat. But Harrison Ford has been rocking a fedora since 1981. Paul even says, now you're just trying to hurt me. Indeed she is, Paul. Indeed she is. Brian comes in to meet Gabby in her cabin with two cups of coffee. Brian puts one cup on Gabby's desk and takes a seat on the couch. Brian says, if you're so desperate to psychoanalyze me, do it. Gabby responds, don't come in here with an attitude like that. Gabby apologizes for overstepping previously. Brian makes a thinking face and starts to open up. Brian says, I was the gayest boy in Texas. An excited Gabby rushes to join him on the couch. At Jim's house, Sean is packing his stuff up. Jim asks about the framed medals. Sean is not interested in talking to Jim. Paul arrives at Jim's house, steals his beer from the refrigerator and offers it to Sean. Back at the office, Brian reveals he was too terrified to be gay in college. He didn't come out to his parents until his graduation. His parents are super religious, so he knew it would take them a while to come around, but he didn't know he'd still be waiting. This brought me to tears. I wanted to give Brian a hug at this moment. Gabby wonders how Brian's personality shifted to annoyingly repeating, everything goes my way. Brian discloses that he hasn't taken another big risk since then. He's afraid to put himself out there because he doesn't want to get hurt. We totally get you, Brian. Brian continues, Charlie could say no. It would be insane if he did. Brian continues, if he says yes, then what if it doesn't work out? Gabby tries to comfort him saying her marriage was a literal dumpster fire. But that's not gonna stop her from taking risks. Because Brian pretended to be straight for the better part of his life, Gabby asks what's sex with straight Brian like? Brian says 30 minutes of him pleasuring her and then leaving before it's his turn. Gabby thinks it's perfect and asks him to marry her, jokingly of course. Gabby stretches her hand out. Brian holds her hand. Gabby and Brian comfort each other for the situation that they are stuck in. It is such a good scene. It has great writing and some great performances. At Jim's house, Paul inquires how Sean got his medals. Jim quips that Sean won't answer. Paul manages to get an answer out of Sean, saying that it would piss Jim off. Sean reveals he received these medals because he helped his army buddies out. But he doesn't want them. Paul asks Sean why he feels he doesn't deserve them. Sean doesn't answer. Paul shares that he didn't share about his Parkinson's condition with his own daughter because that'll change the way she looks at him, from father to a sad old man who needs to be taken care of. He feels stuck. Sean thinks he wasn't a hero in Afghanistan. He kicked doors, dragged people out on the street and pointed guns at kids for nothing. Paul reminds Sean that he's a good person and people love him. And they would still love him if they knew about this. Sean needs love. But Sean hates himself and is ashamed of what he did. Those medals remind him of that. Paul advises that Sean needs to do the work to overcome the emotional inertia. Easier said than done. Paul praises Jim in front of Sean. Jim feels grateful. Paul leaves. Sean praises Paul and says that he's way better at this thing than Jim. Paul puts the empty beer can on the table where Alice is studying and comments. What? All of a sudden you're an expert on hats. Paul musters up the courage to call his daughter. He checks with her if it's a good time to talk because there's something he wants to tell her. The screen goes black and the credits roll over the song Dopamine by Dive.
so we don't really know if he told his daughter about his Parkinson's. Or maybe he did. I love this episode so much that I want to send Brian some extra virtual hugs. You can listen to the awesome pod mix and subscribe to it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts. If you like what I'm doing, you can support me on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash awesome pod mix. Thanks for listening.